I think the big thing that I have is just clarity about my purpose and my direction. And it has helped me reorient myself from, gosh, I got to get the grant. I've got to get to the grant to where do I want to make an impact? And how does this grant fit, right? It's not, I need the grant. It's like, how does this grant serve me? And that just transforms the way I just even live my life as a faculty member. You are listening to Your Unapologetic Career. Being a woman of color faculty in academic medicine who wants to make a real difference with your career can be tough. Listen, these systems are not built for us, but that doesn't mean we can't make them work for us. In each episode, I'll be taking a deep dive into one core growth strategy so you can gain confidence and effectiveness in pursuing the dream career you worked so hard to achieve. All you have to do is tune in to your unapologetic career with me, your host, Kemi Dole, physician, surgeon, researcher, coach, and career strategist for an always authentic, sometimes a little raw, but unapologetically empowering word. I keep it real for you because I want you to win. Hello. So I get so many questions along the lines of, ah, how can I work with you? (laughs) You're changing my life and I want more of this. And if you fall into that category and you are a woman of color, faculty member in academic medicine, public health, or allied fields, then just keep listening. Listen, are you building the academic career you want or hard at work checking boxes on everyone else's to-do list? A successful career doing the work you love doesn't mean you have to sacrifice your values, your family, or your joy. Stop trying to be everything to everybody and get to learning the strategies that will 3x your productivity, hone your passions into funded projects, and create the career you worked so hard to achieve. If you've been to every career development and professional development workshop that sounded great, but didn't actually deal with the kind of institutional pressures you face. If you're working hard, but somehow stuck in inefficiency, putting everyone else's priorities first. If you spent years training and sacrificing to become academic faculty, and here you are still working nights and weekends on the projects you care most about, I'm here to tell you that you can walk away from this institutional mindset forever and take control of your career with clarity and strategy. Every day, I help women of color faculty of all career levels in academic medicine, like you, reframe and recreate their academic life so that they can channel their ideas, passions, and skills into grant-funded work with institutional support and sustainability. And that is why this episode is brought to you by Get That Grant, our six-month high-performance coaching program for high-achieving women of color faculty in academic medicine who are ready to reclaim career control and secure grant funding doing the work they love. In Get That Grant, we help you kick imposter syndrome to the curb for good. So you lead your career with clarity and confidence. You learn productivity and strategy skills for grants and papers to maximize your chances of success without wasting your time, abandoning your passion, or working yourself into the ground. We help you build the foundation for an amazing and fulfilling academic career, changing your life and the lives of everyone your work will touch. 
Yes, this future is possible for you and it's waiting on you to make the first step. If you are ready for career success without sacrifice, I encourage you to join our waitlist at kemidole.com backslash grant. After you join the waitlist, you'll be notified when the next Get That Grant cohort will be enrolling. Your application process will include an in-depth career foundations assessment, helping you identify the gaps in your foundation that are holding you back from enjoying the career you work so hard to achieve. No more secret worrying that the career you want isn't really possible. This career assessment will show you exactly where you need to focus to level up your experience and your impact. Join the waitlist today to get in line. Visit kemidole.com backslash grant to sign up. Talk to you soon. Hello, Toyosi. Thank you so much. And welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's good to see you. Why don't you please share with us your specialty, where you work, and what good work you're doing in the world? I am a hematologist. I'm an Mm. associate professor of medicine at Duke University. And the good I'm doing in the world is all related to hematology. So one, I am interested in expanding knowledge of outcomes of a special blood separation procedure called plasma exchange. Yeah. So I study the outcomes of a disorder called TTP, thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura, Mm -hmm. which disproportionately affects women of color. I didn't know that. All right, go ahead. Wow. And it also kind of impacts um, patient reported outcome measures, which I'm interested in. Um, And finally, I educate people on hematology. So I specifically create resources for the Mm non-hematologists to have education in hematology. That's a lot. Like, you know what I just heard is, I mean, I'm just going to, I'm going to say it in my own words. First of all, your girl is trying to get care to the masses. So there's this thing that we do that not enough people have access to, number one. Number two, there's this whole disease area that affects women of color disproportionately that doesn't have enough time and attention. And number three, I am also trying to educate the next generation and make it so that these are not the same problems that they deal with in 20, 30 years. Is that right? That's exactly correct. Yes. I mean, I always have to take a pause when I ask this question especially of women of color and super especially of black women, because the way that we will just simply and calmly state this desire to change the world, (laughs) like, like, hi, I'm here to change the world is so inspiring to me. To me, it's such a reflection of the purposeness of us in the various places where you find us in academic medicine. I don't talk to people often who are like, I don't know. I just felt like this seemed as good a job as any, (laughs) you know, and it's beautiful. So that's my reflection, but thank you for sharing with us. So where were you in your career when you started to consider coaching? And specifically, I'm curious about what wasn't working for you. Like what were the signs or what were the things that you were like, this is not, this is not jamming the way I wanted to. I want to shift here. Sure. So definitely there was a lot going on in my life. I think I had come to a point where I recognized that the advice I was receiving in terms of progressing in my career, while not ill-intentioned, just wasn't moving me forward in the way I wanted to. So I really started looking for answers outside of my institution. Mm -hmm. And that led me actually to start executive coaching um, with Mm -hmm. a woman of color. Hey. (laughs) which really transformed the way I think about just my academic career in general. But she's not an expert in grant writing. And so that was a piece that I really felt like I needed, that I really felt Mm. like I was missing. And so when a colleague forwarded me or your podcast, which I binge watched over three days, um, (laughs) 
I just, I recognized, I was like, Ooh, Kemi's got something that I need. And, Mm -hmm. and just, I just knew that it was necessary to kind of connect and and get the coaching as far as grant writing. Yeah. Okay. I love this. So this is interesting. So you identified, so you were doing well, getting advice that wasn't quite hitting, recognizing like, potentially I should get a perspective outside of the academy. You get your one-on-one executive coach, woman of color, check, check plus getting help. And then you identify, okay, but there's still this other gap around grant writing. So now I'm really interested in the next question, because one of the things about get that grant is that it's a grant coaching, not a grant writing course, which is actually something I have to explain to people. Like, no, we're not, this is not like editing a specific aims page. I've talked to other, other places about like why I don't focus on that. So I'm curious for somebody who came in kind of my gap is grant writing. What was one of the moments um, where something shifted for you in that area that you were like, ah, this was what I was missing? And can you share that with us? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, definitely a lot of things shifted throughout the program, but specifically with regards to grant writing, it was the, it was what you taught us about feedback loops. And I have to say in the moment that I worked through that material, I was like, I got it from now on, I know what to do. And it was just such a, it was such a shift, just recognizing that, you know, there's expertise beyond me that I need to tap into. And these are the ways to tap into it. It was just, it was transformative. Yes. No small thing when you're working on a grant one, which is a long process. Usually if you're (laughs) ideally, it's not like something that's happening in two weeks. But I think the other thing is too, it keeps like, to me, grants are a series of what feels like high stakes decisions (laughs) just over and over and over. So the way that you're getting feedback, it just impacts everything else because it's impacting this decision-making, which has all these other consequences all of which working towards this ultimate goal. So I think what I hear you saying is it's almost like fixing that front end or getting some more help on that front end, change the whole experience because now you're not getting off track or I don't know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think that's, is that what I'm hearing? Exactly. It's like for every decision, right? Yeah. There's like a whole amount of energy that it takes to act on that decision. Yes. And so even going back is what you taught us about good decisions, right? Yes. And being able to now take that decision and move forward with it rather than just give up, right? Just say, this is oh. too much. I'm not doing this. I give up. I can't submit. Yes. Um. So yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Everybody who's right now in active grant writing is just like, like shed a tear. <laughs> like they're like, yes, yes. I'm in that place right now. Yeah. And I, I think in a lot of ways too, grants are like this exercise of self-awareness and self-support because it's easy to get lost in the minutia of the grant to be like, oh, this is the problem. Whereas like the real problem is that I am like tired of having to like rewrite this idea. And I'm literally mentally tired of tossing this around or you've broken down my resilience on this idea being important. And I started at hundred percent and now I'm at 20% and I can't think of anything else. It's like that awareness makes such a difference because you'll make really nutty decisions just out of fatigue. (laughs) You're just like, I give up. Like, I'll just do it. And I think that's a lot of my philosophy is, okay, how do we, how do we help support through a process that's known to be mentally and emotionally taxing? How do we give you tools to help you so that you can weather that, but also that you hold on to the kernels that are most critical for you? Mm. You know? Yes. I love what you say about holding on, right? Because in a sense, in the process, if you're not careful, you lose yourself, right? And at the end, you have a grant that's not 
What, you, you don't wanted like to do? I know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you're it's like, beautiful. I don't even like this. But you hate right. it. it's like a piece of art where everybody you're like i mean it's beautiful but i would not put that in my house (laughs) meanwhile you got your name all over it please buy me to this project for five years yeah and god forbid it gets funded and oh now you're really in trouble Mm. exactly yes 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 okay so what would you say that you have now that you didn't have before embarking on coaching I think the big thing that i have is just clarity about my purpose and my direction and it has helped me reorient myself from, gosh, I've got to get the grant. I've got to get to the grant to where do I want to make an impact? And how does this grant fit, right? It's not, I need the grant. It's like, how does this grant serve me? Yes. And that just transforms the way I just even live my life as a faculty member. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about the difference between the grant representing your value versus the grant being a tool for you to enact your purpose and have the impact that you want to have on your work. And that those are like radically different positions. And talk about exhaustion. Like if the grant represents your value, no wonder feedback is a disaster. <laughs> like, Are you kidding me? Of right. course. If it represents a tool, all of a sudden feedback is like strategy building. Mm. You're like, mm, interesting. I don't even agree with you, but I'm fascinated that that's what you took from this. Right. So now I'm thinking about the word choice. Now I'm thinking about, hmm, if there's somebody else around the table like you, how do I circumvent this confusion? (laughs) You know, that you like, it totally changes that as opposed to I'm not clear enough. There's something wrong with me. Right. It gives you the courage to do that, to say, yeah, your feedback is great, but no, I'm going to do it this way. Mm -hmm. Where if you didn't recognize your value, if I didn't recognize my value, then every feedback kind of just sends me off in a different tangent. And so, yeah, it really just changes the way I approach grant writing, just knowing who I am and what I bring to the table. Mm. Toyosi, I love it. How do you think this is going to impact one of your stated goals when we were talking about like teaching people about hematology? I think both peers and mentees, if I remember correctly. How do you think this impacts that area? Well, it's already started changing the way I even interact with trainees when I'm rounding in the hospital. So in creating my purpose mantra, I recognized that I needed to change the structure of the way I rounded and give the trainees the tools up front. So I I have a, a YouTube channel where I post all my videos. And now because I've brought my work out into the open, it's no longer the secret work that I do. Yeah. Every trainee that comes on service, I give them all my resources. I yes. make sure they know it up front. It's just, this is all for you. And so I already see the transformation happening in the trainees, but also in me, because now I create more of the work because more of the work is being seen. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. You, okay. You said a couple things there. One, to be really honest, this is one of the reasons why I love these conversations, but two, it is still a continual surprise to me how often people give me examples of something that was this curriculum and this program that I created to do one thing, having a profound impact in this other area that they work on. So what I heard you say is the purpose mantra and just even going through phase one and all that work actually changed how you run rounds, like a very clinical education endeavor, which is amazing to me. And then you said something else, which is that instead of having this amazing YouTube channel, apparently we're going to drop the details at the end of the podcast, teaching about your expertise and not just your expertise, but what I call your value, your perspective on that expertise 
instead of that being the secret thing that you do on the side that some people know about, you just lead with it. You just lead with it, recognizing that this is incredibly valuable. You are welcome. And that, I mean, I know the trainees love it, but I'm just thinking about the impact on you, right? The difference on you to be able to lead with the thing that you create, that you I imagine think is beautiful that you see as important and let that lead because now people get to react to that and you get to see, oh my gosh, what have I created here? And so that trickles on to everything else too, but it takes courage. I mean, that's just beautiful. It does. And I'll say it's one of the first shifts that happened for me. It was our first group coaching session and I was the volunteer. Yep. And that's the question you asked me. You said, bring all your secret projects to the table. And I remember Ooh. thinking, what? <laughs> because, you know, I'm protecting them in this corner. Yes. But it really just changed my perspective. And you know what's interesting? Since I brought it to the table, I actually even won a teaching award this year. Just okay. Bringing things out of the secret place. Yes. Because now I... I mean, I've always been proud of it, but now I'm not secretly proud. I'm openly proud. Yes. Oh my gosh. And one, I think we should acknowledge that it's reasonable for us to feel initially like these things do need to be on the side and the background because academics doesn't necessarily make space for this stuff, right? It's so rigid. This is what it looks like to be successful. This is who you should emulate. So we're all still wearing the masks, like trying to figure it out. But again, this is what inspires me over and over. Then I keep meeting faculty who are like in these rigid systems. They're like, but I have the secret side project. That is incredible. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know what you could do, you know, leading with that. So I love that for you. I love that you had the experience of bringing the secret stuff to the front and being able to see it really shine too. It's like a stained glass window that doesn't have light on it. You know, it's beautiful, but then you shine light on it and people are like, wait a minute. And you get to see it too. So I'm glad. Congratulations on the teaching award. You already deserved it. And nothing changed. Again, it was just the positioning, right? It was just the leading with my value, knowing what I bring to the table. Yes. I love it. Okay. (laughs) So what advice would you give a Black woman faculty member like you, who may be actually similar to you, who's like, you know what? I sent some gaps. She may have been through other coaching before. Maybe she still has gaps. She enrolls and signs up for Get That Grant. What advice would you give her to get the most out of the program? I would say the most important thing for me was setting aside the time to do the work. A lot of the work is reflection, right? Mm -hmm. And in a sense, you have to give yourself that space, right? We're easily able to give a lot of people the space, but for you to take that time to do the work that moves you forward, it really, really makes the difference. I think so too. And secretly, maybe not so secretly since I'm sharing it with the world, that is part of the coaching. Because my expectation is you're going to go, ooh, well, when is that going to happen? Ooh, well, when am I... My expectation is that you're going to sit down and be like, okay, let me just check this off and go, oh, I can't just check that. Wait, I have to wait. Okay. Now I have to think about what is required for me to do this level of reflection. Wait, now I have to think about what's required for me to answer these questions honestly, Mm -hmm. to really get to the root of it. What's required for me to like rethink my activities and my schedule. So the process of doing that is part of the coaching because you realize, okay, what's sapping my energy? Where am I distracted? 
what pulls on me? Because those are the same things that pull on you when you work on the work that you want to do. When you mm-hmm. sit down and write that paper you want to write, when you're working on the grant or you're trying to get the feedback and do that deep thinking about the feedback and you can't because you can't find time or you were too tired or the energy, it's like the exact same ecosystem that we're working around. And so it's really kind of like the first little nudge of awareness. And I think, yeah. So anyway, that's like one of my secrets come to light because if you spend six months, making time for yourself to do this every week. Come on now. Now you can no longer say, I don't have time. Mm-mm. Right. We and it becomes a habit. Time. It becomes right. a habit. It becomes a habit. Okay. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us, Toyosi? Yes. You know, so I listen to your podcast as well every week. And I will say it feels like listening to like, we're in the midst of this secret guerrilla warfare. And there's this radio station that we're tuning into and it's kind of like fueling the resistance. I always feel that way. I'm like, yes, there's the community that gets me, the community that helps me move forward, the community that helps me, you know, the things like I think, you know, in terms of like, just in a sense, just transforming the system to work for us. And so I guess I'm saying all that to say, thank you for the courage that you show in, in doing the work that you do. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad to hear that about the podcast. That is deeply the intention. <laughs> like, I'm like, I want to activate everybody before they get to work. You know, so it's all over the country. All these women show up to work like, okay, listen, <laughs> I'm not doing it this way anymore. I'm like in the background. Yes. Yes. Well, that's so good to hear. And you're welcome. Thank you very much. And now, because I know some people are curious, Toyosi, will you please share with us? Where can we find you on YouTube? Where can we learn about hematology? You can learn on hematology on YouTube on my channel, Coag Coach. Um, so if you just search for me, Coag Coach, I'm the only one. Can I take a moment to fire <laughs> branding? Okay. Do you have a side hustle in marketing? <laughs> Coag Coach, y'all check her out. Okay. I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, it's been lovely to speak with you. So good to see you again. Thank you for spending time with us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening with me today. I appreciate your time as I know it's so valuable. I hope this episode was helpful to you and I hope you feel energized to go out and claim your unapologetic career. See you soon.